everybody and welcome to another episode of talk more talk a solo beatles video cast tonight we're going to be talking about the beatles as a group or some people would say it's the solo beatles too the, the people that's another question is it a beatles song or not it is <laughs> anyway uh i'm uh joe mayo and i have a youtube channel mean mr mayo very excited here to have everybody. It was so much buzz in the air and thrills about the new Beatles song, Now and Then, uh, which I'm waiting for it to be officially number one in the UK, uh, you know, and we're getting there. Okay, well, let me introduce everybody here. Okay, first of all, we have the queen of all Now and Then Blitz and everything <laughs> else, you know, and she has her books out that you know by now. I'm, you must know them. Songs We Were Singing. Guided tours with the Beatles, lesser known tracks. Also, she has Fandom and the Beatles and Michael Jackson, FAQ, all that's left to know about the King of Pop. And she has uh, the show that she does that I can't recall right now, the Toppermost of the Poppermost <laughs> podcast. Okay, I'm talking about Kid O'Toole. Kid. Hello, Joe. Hello, everybody. And hello, mystery guest. Uh, great to see you all. <laughs> Uh, no longer coming from Arizona, but having relocated into the Eastern Time Zone, we have one half of the Two Legs Paul McCartney podcast, and I'm talking mm -hmm. about the great Tom Agnotti. Oh, well, thank you, Joe. It's good to be back, and uh, let's have another fun episode. Looking forward to it. Hope yeah, you all are doing well. Yep. All right. Then, of course, let's not forget the host of Every Little Thing, the syndicated radio program, and also uh, one of the hosts of Things We Said Today, the YouTube Beatles show. Also on YouTube is Ken Michaels' radio program. I'm talking about Ken Michaels. Here he is. Hi, Joe. Kit, Tom, and mystery guest. Mystery guest. It's now... <laughs> going to be last but not least and it's going to be announced and i'm going to wait till you see this folks this is going to be a real uh credit to him with all these things first of all he's a bass guitarist who's appeared with artists such as alan parsons todd rundgren the turtles and others created the theme music for the groundbreaking wtf with mark Marin podcast and he's had lots of beatles involvement for example, he's a published writer on the Beatles. He designed the curriculum for Gowanus Music Club's Beatles 101 online course. 
Okay, and he presents master classes examining Paul McCartney's innovations as a bassist, and also recently appeared on the Ram On CD, the 50th anniversary tribute to Paul's uh, Ram. And I'm talking about John Montagna, who was uh, nice enough to join us here. Hi, John. Welcome hey, back. Hey. Welcome, welcome back. Oh, so good to before. see you guys. I did not know I was going to be billed as a mystery guest. <laughs> That's okay. That was a mystery to me. We, we almost okay. always say that. I, mean, I saw your name mentioned in some of I the went, I went ahead and plugged it and told all my all my people on the uh on the socials. That's okay. Uh, That's I didn't realize okay. I was gonna be like, don't tell anybody it's a big well, Secret, oh, I thought. Well, <laughs> we we go, what a surprise. Nobody kept me. Exactly. You know where I'm going with that. Sometimes oh, yeah. We yeah. all know that, except for except for right. Tom and Kit, apparently. But, yes, you know. that's, <laughs> yeah. The, in, <laughs> the intersection of Beatles and Honeymooners is yeah, a very yeah. interesting one. I find <laughs> that those, those, those two obsessions tend to go hand in hand. I'm not sure why. Well, that's a story for, that's perhaps another, another, author can examine that in greater yeah. detail as it turns out there ain't going to be no surprise right <laughs> your name's not on the list okay tom good night everybody <laughs> yes i figured the average is even higher than that but anyway be that as it it's may a house phone you can't get jersey on it <laughs> this is, oh, you're no. gonna join us that's, one day we're gonna do stop. a honeymoon show right. and we'll have a bunch of right. you could come on that right no, right. Di no discussion we're just gonna throw random quotes out of people for an hour and then that'll be the that that's the show all right so we've got now and then <laughs> all right oh, well, let's get to yeah. the uh, yeah yeah because the show's probably gonna be long enough as it is so. uh, well before we get we'll talk about now and then but I think Ken Michael, as, as always, will have some news for us. Ken, how much news do we have? Uh, quite a bit. Quite a bit. And uh, if you guys want to chime in on any of the news items here, of course, a lot of it has to do with Now and Then and the Red and the Blue albums coming out. Mm. Well, last week, as you know, was a very eventful, exciting, and busy week for Beatle fans, as it, it was, was the week. a very good week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was the week of the new Beatles song and uh, being heavily billed as their last song. Now and then, first on November 1st, last Wednesday, with a 12-minute documentary airing on their YouTube channel on the story of the making of Now and Then, followed the next day with the release digitally and for streaming, and then finally on Friday, November 3rd, the physical release of the song with the video premiering on the Beatles' YouTube channel, directed by Peter Jackson. Quite a lot to take in over three days. The song is already achieving success as it is the number one song on both iTunes and Spotify and looks to be number one on the UK official singles charts, as Joe was just mentioning earlier. Now and Then debuted at number 42 last week based on just 10 hours of sales but appears to jump 41 notches to number one to the top of the official singles charts. But as they said in the Honeymooners, it ain't official yet. <laughs> oh. But if that is the case, it would be the Beatles' first number one on that chart since The Ballad of John and Yoko in 1969. And it would be the band's 18th UK chart topper. I believe we'll get the results of the UK singles charts by the end of this week. I would say, Ken, that the single could go even higher than that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Norton. Sorry. I'm I'm sorry. We Why do it all the time. I'm That's trying what to, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to contain it. I apologize. Okay. <laughs> For those of us trying to keep track of the various physical releases of now and then, this is where Tom and Joe have to help me out. There yeah. is the seven inch single in black, clear, and light blue, and on 12 and inch marble. black vinyl. Light marble. blue marble. Marble. That's yes. That blue, is in blue the and the marble. Store, yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 The marble, the blue and white marble is 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 to the store, from my right. understanding. That's the one that yeah. I have. Kit the... was gonna let me unbox it on yes. the show. So yes. yeah. anytime, yeah. anytime you're ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. The Beatles store, their exclusive releases were the cassette single and the seven inch vinyl right. of blue and white marble. Um, Spotify had an exclusive for a 10 inch vinyl single. Target had both the seven inch and 12 inch red vinyl. Despite being told at a press event that there would be no CD singles, that has changed. You can now get one at the Beatles store at thebeatles.com. The Beatles store even has new shirts and tote bags to celebrate the release of now and then. And socks. And socks. Are there any missed as far as vinyl that you know of? Tom, Joe. No, I think you. I think you hit. I think you. you, I think you hit it all, Ken. Okay, good. If anyone uh, now knows of any that I forgot to mention, speak down. Didn't mention. Please write in. Uh, The actual production credit for now and then reads Paul McCartney and Giles Martin, which means it's the first time that Paul will be listed as a producer for a Beatles recording. It also reads additional production from Jeff Lynne. As most fans know by this time, the flip side for the single is Love Me Do, the single as it was released in the UK with Ringo on drums. This happens to be a nice touch, and I think this really is classy because it symbolizes both the Beatles' first and last song as a single on the same record. Excuse me, Ken, although it is, you know, a a 2013, uh, a 20, what year are we in? 2023. (laughs) New, new, uh, What's the word? Master mix? I say the wrong thing. You know, re, um, a remix, remaster, remaster. That's true. It's remixed. Remixed. Look at ah. <laughs> and just like uh, you know, all the new additions to the red and the blue, and whatever hasn't been remixed before is on those two collections. We'll talk about that in the show. Uh, on the cassette single, the A side has the words now and then written in John's handwriting, while the flip side has Love Me Do in Paul's handwriting. Mm, um, nice in touch. An article that appeared in the Sunday Times yesterday, Peter Jackson revealed that he thinks another Beatles song is possible. That he has footage <laughs> from the Get Back documentary in which one or other of the Beatles riffs on a musical idea in the studio is created. He said, we can take a performance from Get Back, separate John and George, and then have Paul and Ringo add a chorus or harmonies. You might end up with a decent song, but I haven't had conversations with Paul about that. It's fanboy stuff, but certainly conceivable. That's what he said. See, where they're going wrong with this, this marketing, too, is they should say it's the last new song by the Beatles. Mm. Um, not the last song. Well, there'll always be new new songs in a way if they do them with Frankenstein more. I I was just I was just thinking, you know, let's chime in here. I'm not saying that they would. I don't think Paul would, or they should, but they could feasibly make a Beatles album, maybe. 
taken a lot of you know, between John demos and stuff from the sessions of Get Back and whatever they can do with you know this this technology. Well, Paul and Ringo are, are still willing, but I don't think personally that even though they could do it, I don't know if Paul would would want a chance at like another Beatles album. You know, the last album. I don't know. I uh, don't think it's a good I idea. I wonder what people no. think. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't only could, not should or would. No. Mm -hmm. We had a discussion a few days ago with Kit in her chaos and creation era. Oh. And um, one of the things that they bring out, and certainly in the 12 minute documentary, um, is that I guess to Paul and Ringo for this to be a Beatles record and for George uh, when they were recording Fears of Burden and Real Love as well, that it has to be the four of them. Mm -hmm. Now, it just it just so happens, as we all know, there's plenty of Beatles recordings that they released that didn't have four Beatles on them. Right. They still went out as the Beatles. I mean, look mm -hmm. at I Me Mine. I was going to, that was exactly, yeah, that was exactly the example I was thinking of. John's not on, not on I Me Mine. He's not on Golden Slumbers. He's not on Carry That Weight. Nobody but Paul's on on uh, Yesterday. Right. Um, there's yeah. that Ringo's not on back in the USSR. And I think now this is Johnny Yoko. Right. And I think yeah. so this cons th th this this opens up the question, like what constitutes a Beatles record? Like according to like the bylaws, like do they have like a, a charter that it must have this, this, this and that? And I think and, and my wife had the greatest um answer to that question that if if they say it's a beatles record then it's a beatles record that's what i say you know we what i mean down. but i think the reason why the beatles are in a class by themselves the reason why there's no you know fest for dave clark fans every year is because they stopped and didn't regroup they could you know once john left that was it. And then Paul leaves and that was it. And it's over. They were, you know, it wasn't like George and Ringo were going to grab Klaus Vorman and some guy yeah. and yeah. call right. it the Beatles and keep it going. You know, uh, they, and they certainly weren't going to regroup periodically and like sort of churn out a Beatle product, you know, not to, not to uh, call out any groups by name, but the Red Hot Chili Peppers, who I love, they, a friend of mine saw them at, I think it was Giant Stadium a couple of months ago. And he's like, yeah, they played a bunch of tracks off the new album. I said, oh, what's the new album sound like? He goes, you know, it sounds like a Red Hot Chili Peppers album, right? Yeah. Uh, lots of bands, they get together every so often and they fly in their parts and they make a thing that sounds like, like it suits that brand. The Beatles were never going to do anything like that. And wow. that's what keeps them at this class in above you know in their own category once we start scraping the bottom of the barrel taking like isolated guitar riffs from twickenham and overdubbing onto them i think i think you're running into some pretty pretty uh some pretty dangerous territory yeah, you don't want to tarnish that that reputation yeah. and legacy i always said they stopped at the right time they're on top yep everything's good mm -hmm. i agree i agree ringo has been saying Frequently, this is the last Beatles record. Yeah, yeah, this is the last you know, one. You listen to Paul, I think, in the 12-minute documentary, <laughs> he says, you know, this is, you know, maybe it's the last Beatles record. Like, leaving the door open. Yeah, the yeah. Mm -hmm. But um, 
Well, we know there's a lot more Lennon Dakota demos yeah. that they could have worked. I, I wondered, I always wondered why they never did anything with Serve Yourself off of the uh, that big yeah. Lennon box that Not came out. Not the obscene one, though. No. Oh, the obscene one. <laughs> really? Do the, really? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> oh, uh, you know, push the push the envelope a little bit. You know. Yeah, but who's to say? Why does it have to be a Lennon? Why can't it be a George Harrison non-finished demo? Thank you. Uh, you know, could, again, could. again, we 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 uh, you know consult the bylaws. Yeah. You know, once yeah, once Paul and Ringo start putting stuff out on their own and calling it the Beatles, now you're running. Now you're you're getting into some. You're you're getting far away from the original mission statement. You ask me. I think they feel for it to be called the Beatles, you have to have four of them on it. Mm-hmm. And even if point, you just yeah, George at this point, Rose, yeah. And you added Paul and Ringo to it, you wouldn't have John on. Mm-hmm. Want it to go out that way? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I also think if there were was another song or more. That some way kind of like uh, hurts. It, it, we haven't really talked about it yet, but the emotional impact of this song you know, now and then. I think the idea that it's the, the last bow, and the, you know the swan song, the grand finale. Uh, I don't know how anybody feels about the song yet, but really we're not talking about it yet. But I think that kind of like just uh, you know tampers with that feeling that I think it's managed to convey to a lot of people the emotions of it. It'll just be, well, it's not the last hurrah. It's not the, not the very last song anymore. No, I, I, I agree, Joe. I think this, the, the hype about it being the last one and also the, the theme of the, 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 the sentiment of it, mm-hmm. this, the, the, the piece about longing and grief and missing someone, um, to to drop that theme into the culture. I mean, if you think about Paul McCartney's 81 years old, Ringo's 83, for them mm-hmm. to be exploring themes of loss and grieving for loved ones and wishing that they could still connect with them, to put that out into the culture that we live in now, which has a big problem with with grieving and death don't let's not even get into that conversation mm-hmm. for them suddenly like two years later to go hey you know what? we found this other little john song we're gonna yeah. open up on it and call it a beatles track hey <laughs> you know that would that would really kind of that would that would really be a drag yeah I think, I think they should make a nice graceful uh you know stop when they when they know it's enough i agree and keep and yeah. cap Completely. it at that and also i think you know d- there's a great english uh, uh, music journalist named David Hepworth and Mark Allen. They have a great podcast called Word in Your Attic that you should that you should check Ooh. out. And they were talking mm-hmm. about how this shows that they are in control of the legacy. They are deciding we're done. They and, have the last word. They mm-hmm. have the last word, mm-hmm. you know, and that it's not being, you know, taken from them. Yeah. You know, so I think that's pretty powerful as well. Whatever, whatever we think about the song, as a piece of songwriting, as a piece of production, the sentiment and the feeling and the emotion around it, uh, I, I think is, it, it's an essential message to be appearing now. And for them to be delivering that is is very, very powerful. 
Agreed. Mm. Having said that, can I can I open this now, Kit? You said or do, or do we do we want to do it now, or do we want to get through the news first? Yeah, or what, news. What do you want yeah, to do oh, I, I I thought we were done with the news and we were on to the chat part. I'm sorry. <laughs> nope, nope. We still got like, some news well, to go. Pontificating I think. here. No, okay. no, so much for the first okay. question. <laughs> We got, we're still good. Well, yeah. I just wanted to go back to that point about a lot of Beatles recordings not having four of them on it. At least right. at the time when they were together, they decided what they accepted and went out as Beatle records, whether there That's was true. one Beatle on it or all four on it. Right, right, right. I think they felt by the time of the Beatles anthology, this is a special record. You know, even George said in the and that in that twelve minute documentary, it would be nice for the three of us to write new songs, but it's bringing John's voice into it, and that's something we should what's should the, cherish. cherish. I think yeah. Yeah. cherish. Yeah. Um, so it was very important to him and to the three of them that John was included. So I think at that time it had to be all four of them, and that's how they still feel for it to be called the Beatles record. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. <sighs> For those of us, for those of us curious about the picture of the clock featuring the words now and then, which you can find on the back cover. There you go. There you go. For the single, the piece mm -hmm. of art was created by another American artist, Chris Griffin, and it was bought by George Harrison in 1997 from a shop in Providence, Rhode Island, and kept for years in his home that he shared with Olivia. Last year, apparently, Olivia decided to have a closer look at the clock. She says, I put it on the mantelpiece. Then the phone rang. It's Paul. And he begins to remind me of this third song with real love and free as a bird. I said to him, I remember it. He said, it's called Now and Then. I'm standing there with the phone in one hand, looking at the clock that said Now and Then. I was sort of dumbfounded. I said, I think this is George saying it's okay. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of ironic, right there. I, I didn't, I didn't, Ken. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't hear that's that yeah. part of the story. Yeah, that just came I didn't out know recently. That. That's that amazing. Is that incredible? Uh, wow, incredible. Nice. Then there's the news about the red and blue collections, and they both come out this Friday, November 10th. These are expanded editions with both collections given bonus songs not on the original release. All the songs that have been already given stereo and Dolby Atmos remixes from the recent archival albums remains the same remixes. All the other songs that hadn't been remixed will get that treatment. Called the Demixing from Peter Jackson's team and a new remix from Giles Martin and Sam McKell. The bonus material will be handled differently for the vinyl and CD. All the bonus songs on the vinyl will be kept separate on the third disc and on the CD, the bonus songs are presented chronologically. The last song on the three LP blue album will be I Want You, She's So Heavy. Whereas on the CD, it'll be Now and Then. So the vinyl editions are three discs, and they're able to fit all the material for the CDs on two discs each. Also for the collector, exclusive at the Beatles store, there will be a three LP colored vinyl, one for red, the other blue. There's a four CD slipcase set, there's a 180 gram 6LP slipcase set and a 6LP slipcase red and blue vinyl set. Now, you know, you Ken, I need to I need to do the math. And I'm I'm wondering if I'm wondering if you can fit Freeze a Bird, Real Love, and this now and then in the same time frame 
as I want you, she's so heavy. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Oh, that's seven minutes and 49 uh, seconds. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. No, you couldn't fit all three in there. If you can put, if you can have "Can't Buy Me Love" and "Old Brown Shoe" on the same album, I think it's uh, we we it, it's a, we it, we we can make this work. <laughs> well, whatever uh, you know, there's the big debate as to whether or not you think now and then right. be on the Blue album, but we'll get to that. Yep. If you want to know well, the bonus material, gotta write it down. I get some... oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got a lot of work ahead of you, Joe. And then I was thinking, should the, <laughs> the Red and the Blue be the next show? But that I just wonder. But anyway, bonus songs on the Red album. I saw her standing there. Twist and shout. This boy. Roll over Beethoven. You really got a hold on me. You can't do that. If I needed someone, got to get you into my life. I'm only sleeping. Tax man here, there, and everywhere. And tomorrow never knows. Twelve bonus songs on the Red. There'll be nine on the Blue, and they are. <clears throat> What's that? I thought I heard something. Oh, no, it's coughing. No. Okay. Now and Then, Blackbird, Dear Prudence, Glass Onion, Within You, Without You, Hey Bulldog, Oh Darling, I Me Mine, and I Want You, She's So Heavy. So altogether, 21 songs on the Red and the Blue that were not there when they first came out um, in 1973. Okay. Um, there is an excellent interview with Giles Martin discussing both Now and Then and the uh, Red and Blue Collections in Variety Magazine. I would definitely urge all of you to read it. It's very long. Um, and we have a link that we're putting into our description box for those of you who want to check it out. Yes, I'll put that in after uh, the show. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, <laughs> hard to believe, because it's been a few weeks since our last show, but uh, Paul McCartney kicked off his <laughs> E23 Got Back tour. Seems like a long time ago already. Yeah, it does. On 18th in Adelaide. Um, this was his first full concert since the Glastonbury Festival in June last year. And uh, I always say, despite his age, Paul is still giving fans their money's worth with a near three-hour concert. His set list is almost identical to what it was before he resumed the tour. Don't listen to this. My wife, Joanne, she wants to be surprised with the set list. Turn the sound down for about 10 seconds, okay? <laughs> One Spoiler shade set list is a woman as the fourth song he and the band plays. Uh, it's the first time he's done the song since 2004. Turn it back up, Joanne. <laughs> in his concerts in Australia, he has made a few switches in the set list. While he normally opens his shows with Can't Buy Me Love, he did open one show with A Hard Day's Night. Also, he normally plays the title track to New, and in one show, he substituted that for Queenie Eye. Surprisingly, mm. nothing from his most recent album, McCartney 3, and still performing Come On To Me and Fa You from Egypt Station, and as I said, New from the new album, Paul continues to do his tribute songs for John here today and something for George Harrison. Few more things here. The Tate Modern will be set to run the UK's largest Yoko Ono exhibition ever, running February 15th to September 1st next year. It's called Yoko Ono Music of the Mind, and it will celebrate Ono's groundbreaking contributions to early conceptual and participatory art, music, and her passionate advocacy for world peace. Over seven decades from the mid 1950s to today, 
The exhibition delves into her innovative work spanning more than 200 pieces, including instruction-based art, installations, films, music, and photography. It'll showcase her unique approach to language, art, and audience engagement, which remains relevant today. A couple of concerts I want to remind you about, one of which I know John has been involved with, comes from the band Wondrous Stories. They're doing the concert for Bangladesh Revisited, one of the greatest concerts you'll ever get to see, recreating the entire concert for Bangladesh, all the music, including oh. Leon Russell, Billy Preston, Ringo, the Bob Dylan set. And that will be at the Space in Westbury. They're actually doing two shows, November 24th and 25th. John, are you going to be part of this one? No. Oh, okay. Well, Sorry. he has been great. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> a few years ago, I saw him performing someplace else. Yeah. Because they not only do the concert for Bangladesh, but they do a whole other set after that. Um, it could be a, a Beatles album or, you know, any selection from Georgia's solo catalog, other solo music too, depending upon who the special guests are. I was going to say mystery guests. So they have anybody on deck this year? That, uh, uh... Heard. Okay. I heard. But in the past, we've had Denny Lane. We've had, um, let's see. Steve Holly. Steve Holly's been there. Uh, Gene Cornish has been the there. Rascals, the Beatlings yeah. have been there as well. So a lot of good people. Also, we have the Theater Within with their 43rd annual John Lennon Tribute Show happening at Town Hall in New York City, December the 2nd. Graham Nash is the headliner, but big, uh, powerful acts in that show. Judy Collins, Roseanne Cash, Rita Coolidge, Betty LeVette, and Willie Nile, as well as Rich Pagano from the Fab Faux. Okay? And that's December 2nd at Town Hall. And then finally, Sean Lennon, will be performing as part of the Wainwright family's annual Christmas show, this time at Town Hall, another one at Town Hall in New York City, December 22nd. The show is called A Not-So-Silent Night. Now, tickets sold out for that particular show. It sold out quickly. They decided to put on sale their rehearsal concert for the night before the Town Hall, <laughs> which will be at the Murmur Theater in Brooklyn. It's called The Night Before, A Not-So-Silent Night. The show includes members of the Wainwright family, Loudon, Rufus, Martha, Sloan, Lucy Wainwright-Roach, plus Sean, Emmylou Harris, and Jenny Moldauer. Star-studded cast for that. Okay. I have a feeling that I, I can guess one song that Sean might do at the Christmas show. It's just <laughs> not a bunch. Yeah. yeah, wonderful Christmas time. Yep. <laughs> yeah that's it well it's easy enough <laughs> <laughs> i imagine and uh, oh, very good well played <laughs> that's all the news i have this time okay well i know uh, that a couple of people here are itching to show some copies of the vinyl they got and Yay, i know john's been hell. Chopping at the bit, right? So let's see. Uh, this this open, yeah. seven inch now and then here. Normally, I would be doing this on the train home, but <laughs> I thought this would be a cool thing to do live yeah. on the uh, yep. unbox. Shout out, we go. shout this out is... to Record Runner in the village on, I that place. on um, 
Cornelia Street, I think it is, the last record store standing in the West Village. Oh, I used to go there. Ooh. Yep. Apple yep. label. Oh, they I was not expecting they, that. Mm-hmm. And, well, and plus parla- they give you the and, uh, and parlophone on the other side. Plus they okay. give you the wax paper, which I, is something they never used to do before. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's, the, there's your blue marble. I thought it was going to be like more transparent, but that is that is right. pretty uh pretty slick and there's an insert in here with like here we go yeah that's with the uh credits the history and the credits it's quite a uh it's quite a production for a for a 45 but this is uh very very nice i was chatting with my friend roseanne beluso of uh fans on the run Mm-hmm. And we were both, our Brooklyn accents get exaggerated when we talk to each other. And we were like, $18 for a single? What? I know. <laughs> she goes, John, you're going to buy it though, right? I'm like, oh yeah, of course. Right. So, <laughs> but anyway, there there it is. So, and it looks like they matched the font as well for now, for the, uh, for now and then. So there we are. Okay, thank you. Out. Thank you for showing. And I know Kit's dying to show one too. Oh, two people. <laughs> what do you got, Kit? Let Kit go. I, I've got one from Target. Is yours from Target? <laughs> what do you got? You can show. Okay, I'll show mine. Uh, this is the. Uh, you can show the Target one, Ken, because I've got <laughs> well, one. You guys too. do how you want. Okay. You show that one, um, and then I'll just show. This is the one I got. This one uh, from Bull Moose. This is the uh, this seven one, inch. This one. This one. <laughs> seven inch what? <laughs> This is, of course, we've all seen the uh, the cover here, of course. And then this, I got the light blue, and it's really cool. I love this color. Mm, so, yeah, I should have nice. got that one. Should have got nice. it. <laughs> Isn't that nice? I love that. So, of course, yeah. John just showed. Right, yeah, I love this color. It's a bold, bold of choice to uh, order it mail order too. Yep, it, it came That's... just perfect. No, yeah. no problems. Yeah, perfect condition. So yeah, I've never had a problem with Bulmos. They're not okay. paying me or anything. This is I guess I've oh, that's yeah. good to know. Yeah, that's that, that, know. I've never had a problem with them. I always so. feel like you're kind of rolling the dice ordering vinyl, like sending away for vinyl like that. Yep, and Shows uh, up and in one piece, and of course it comes with the the poop sheet that uh, yeah. everybody's been showing so uh but yeah and and target packed it really well too i was yeah i was gonna say what's surprised. different about the target edition the only thing different- well ken <laughs> okay same thing apple on one side parlophone on the other but it's red vinyl and it's red red uh, red okay yeah and the packaging is the same with the insert that you were showing in here. What happened? Okay. Oh, that happens, guys. There we go. <laughs> Ken doesn't usually participate in this part of the. Uh, yeah, the show. This, is this is sad. I am. This, this is, is very awesome. rare. <laughs> I didn't even great, know this was Ken, a part I'm... of the show. I didn't realize this was no, a thing. I just thought, like, oh, gonna... oh, okay, great. This is very unusual. Uh, um, I got into the spirit of the moment with this because I was going to sh- make a video opening this for myself, but I figured, you know, because it is different than everybody's. Why not look right. at it? All right. Mm-hmm. So as I ruin the corner, that's uh, no, good. 
And those those of you who are listening to this on Podbean and all, we're all showing off our vinyl. So Joe is showing off the clear vinyl. That's that's very cool. I kind of like them. I like translucent better. I think, John, you were saying it's kind of solid. I kind of like them when you can see through them more, you know? I thought this was going to be translucent, but I'm not. Believe me, I'm not going to complain. I like the clear. Yes, go ahead. You like the clear? No, yeah, I love the clear. I mean, I love it when because when McCartney was doing his color vinyl series there for those three years in a row, the uh, the McCartney two was released as clear vinyl. I really like that one. You you mentioned Tom a little while. Oh, somebody said Tom or Kit said this is unusual for Ken to you know you know, to go crazy like buy these things and show some of these. Mm-hmm. But what's more interesting is you said Ken before we went on you were going to get a few of these. I actually mm-hmm. uh, I'm getting six. Recordings, oh. and it's mainly because ah, ah. <laughs> this is a big event. I mean, every Beatles record yeah. is special, but they keep saying it's the last Beatles record. So um, I got the Target twelve inch. I got the um, the seven inch black vinyl from uh, mm-hmm. my local record store, which is Exile on Main Street. Sorry, it's a Rolling Stones title. It's in Branford, Connecticut. And um, I also got uh, the light blue one that you got, Kit. Um, I ordered from the Beatles store, the cassette single, and the blue Mm. marble. And I just ordered the CD single. This is the only time I'm ever going to do this. Because I only care about getting the music. I don't care about all these versions that came out. I know that's for, you know, the collector. So, but... I always welcome you guys talking about it because I know a lot of people love collecting this stuff. Yeah. It yep. turns out that I like the song, so... <laughs> I, yeah. I, I wanted to. <laughs> All right. So Indeed. that was the show and tell part. Now, I'm going to... I have a few ideas here for things to uh, throw around here, topics. Anybody, if, even though I'm moderating, if anybody thinks of something they want to mention or bring up that I haven't, you can, please do, you know, because I, I just have some ideas here. I thought... Uh, We'd start out by just general feelings, uh, if, you, if you will, about the demo tape that John did in the in the later seventies, and um, what did you think of the the tape quality? You know, the, the song and maybe the, the audio quality, which wasn't very good. But and then as it wound up being a record, the, the release version that they're doing after working on it, you know. Did you like it? Did did you not like the demo and so on? What did you think of both? And I'm, I I wanted to start with John because since you're you know you're our guest here tonight, why don't you go first? And what do you think of like the demo and then versus the released song? Um, that's that's a really interesting question because I you know as as we all know, these Dakota demos have been circulating as bootlegs, you know, for years. A lot of us knew of real love already before it came out right besides yeah, the fact that it was John used Lennon. in that imagine film and all that stuff yeah. uh there was a radio show i believe elliot mintz was responsible for that radio show the lost lennon tapes yeah yeah so we've all kind of known about the existence of these cassettes and my own personal feeling about about you know anytime i would hear this stuff for all of its historical value and for all of the 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 chill you get hearing john's voice again 
a lot of those demos are kind of like they you know these these are unfinished song fragments you know some of it's kind of flimsy there's not a lot there and that's not a criticism of him or his artistry i mean a lot of the if you listen to the demo for strawberry fields you think there's not a lot going on there it's only when it when he brings it to the band and they all elevate it to the next level but they're demos they're not supposed to you know take your breath away right so i'm like most of you right all of you have heard now and then for years we knew that there was this third track that they were going to do as the three dolls for the anthology and then they chucked it halfway through for whatever reason i wasn't i was not sure if George, i mean i know that george was sort of the deciding vote uh was it because he didn't like the song or because he thought that that the that's up for it, debate that's yeah, yeah that's up for debate because yeah. olivia has since, since put out a statement that george actually was talking about the quality of the, of the it was the, the tape. right right but then i heard and who knows if it's true or not there was somebody else that supposedly knew george and said no he thought the song was rubbish it's not well, much, it's not much a of a song yeah. by the yeah. it I could don't be well, well, philip right. norman philip norman who was who's who's pushing his george book right now was was on a you know on the uk saying that it was george hated the song uh right. so there's that plus we know told. paul yeah. with his paul what he said with the jeff lynn documentary you know, he re just repeated what George said. It was nothing rubbish. Nothing rubbish. Right. Nothing right. Rubbish. Right. Yeah. And and he also did say, "I'm going to nick in and finish it one of these one of these days." Yeah, yeah. So we nick know Jeff that this has been. Finished. Yeah. So I know that there's there was some there was one journalist that referred to this song as Paul McCartney's White Whale, which yeah, I I, I think is kind of pushing it a little bit, but clearly this song had a tremendous amount of significance to him. Uh, because let's face it, as as essential as Ringo and George were and are to what the Beatles were and are, this it was it was John and Paul's gig. I mean, that was the, the 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 heart and soul of that band was that partnership of those two guys, right? In the Get Back film, George walks and it's a crisis and who who has the conference about what to do next it's john and paul paul is sitting there like this until john shows up and then and then there's a conference right so whatever anyone else says that band was about the two of them that partnership right so and 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 paul's made that pretty clear in what he's in his in his statements and in his actions so this song clearly had a lot of significance for him for a number of reasons. I personally thought like that's the one they're gonna do because I'd heard the demo of now and then and thought, yeah, there's not much, not much going on there. So when this new, ooh, third new Beatles track, and I was like, oh, it's probably gonna be this now and then track. And so there it was, there it comes out. And when I listened to the song for the first time on Thursday, and by the way, I had therapy clients at 10 a.m. and 11 a.m. Eastern. I had to wait a full two hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, my I'm sitting here doing remote sessions, and I see my phone lighting up, ding, 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 ding. Well, I'm like, okay, I'll get to right. But of course, when Cloud Nine came out, I had to wait for a month to hear that thing, which is the whole of the story. I had to tape when we was fab off the radio, 
to listen to. John, I had to listen priorities, to, priorities. I know. Well, I, I know. Well, it's just, you know, just thinking of how far we've come in terms of technology and the culture. But I remember, so I, I listened to the track for the first time with headphones from beginning to end. And I went, holy crap, they did it. They freaking yeah. did it. They took this, this nothing burger of a track and they sprinkled the Beatles fairy dust on it and turned it into a thing. I wasn't sitting there crying like a lot of my friends were, but I was like, God damn, what they, they, they did it. They, they, you know, they took the raw material and extracted the essence of the message of, you know, now and then I, I miss you. I want you to be there for me. All that yeah. longing and, past and present and when we and when you look at the video which by the way are we are we assuming that all of the viewers have seen the video already or are we are we yeah, avoiding i think, so. I think yeah, we can assume it okay yeah. so you know the first time i watched the video i was a little like really is superimposing like jo john from the hello goodbye video onto the string section over the film huh i don't know what that's all about. but then i was like oh I totally get it. So there's Paul, present day Paul at the string session with yeah. his young self and George over his shoulder. I mean, I'm getting misty. I'm getting choked up thinking yeah. about this, right? If any, any of us who have lost loved ones who want like one more chance to, to hang out with them, who know what that feels like, it makes perfect sense that Paul would visualize there's John at the session, there's George. You know what I mean? All my buddies are, I'm back with my buddies again, right? Um, so, but the song itself, you know, this is not the first time that the Beatles have taken, and Ken, I said this on your show a couple of months ago. I agree with David Hepworth, the, the great English music journalist, that the Beatles' genius was not, it wasn't just about songwriting. They could take material that was good, that was okay, and turn it into something like spectacular. Get Back on paper is not a remarkable piece of songwriting, but that record hits you like a freight train, mm. right? Uh, that's why most Beatles covers are such a drag to listen to. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's their, it's their performance. They, they have this uncanny ability as performers to 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 just make magic happen you know and they and they did it again um ringo and paul are still i'll go on record as saying uh the finest rhythm section in rock and roll uh the the, the pocket on here is spectacular um it's it's a sort of dreamy textural kind of track there's not a lot of complicated stuff happening there's a lot of space you know um and and that and i think that suits the theme and the sentiment and and what he's and what they're and what they're talking about there so you know all of the sort of criticisms about, well, they should have done this with the strings and, oh, it's, it should have been this or it should have been that. I, I think it was for, for what it is and what it's supposed to be, it, was, it, it, it really exceeded 
my expectations having a sort of like a middling opinion of this of this particular song to begin with i was really pleasantly surprised that 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 magic happened so whether or not it belongs on the blue album i i, I don't care it, you know it's got to go mind it being on the cl- if we gotta go to somewhere. close it i just yeah. wish they I, again i'm more anal about the title the album that's all it fits all right to me but what do you, what do you mean the the, well, the tw- uh, 60s uh, 1970 uh, i don't think anybody's call, everyone's calling it the blue album now yeah that's fine yeah. that's fine well yeah. I, slim pickings I, I something about what john just said i mean there's a few things i really want to i'm sure there's something yeah. i'm thinking you're thinking <laughs> first of all um having listened to john's demos all those years on the lost Lennon tapes it's a fascinating study there are some songs that aren't finished. There are some songs that I feel were finished or just needed a little bit more work. I would never call now and then a nothing burger. Mm. I think it was just um, almost finished. There was a middle section in there. There was a bridge that wasn't used in the Beatles version. And there was a moment there where John didn't have words to his melody. So yeah. that needed to be finished. But, um, you know, I do think that the song was pretty close to being complete remember free as a bird wasn't finished that's true right middle section there paul and george had to add words the parts that they that they say Mm -hmm. so um and also i i do believe that the strength of the beatles catalog is that the songs are great songs first regardless of what the beatles did with them and i'm not denying that they sprinkled their fairy dust as you said and made it very (laughs) magical but the main reason why so many people cover their music is because the songs are great songs first. It doesn't mean you have to like them as much as you like the Beatles recordings of them. But um, yeah, but there's no doubt about the magic that the Beatles had when they were together. There's, you know, there's no question about that. But, um, you know, to me, I, I'm a big song man first, you know, everything yeah. comes down to the song. And, uh, you know, the Beatles continued to write great songs in their solo career you know and that's the most important thing what they added to each other's music together was something really special and they had great musicians around them in their solo careers too so that's all i wanted to say about that <laughs> all right well um i was i was gonna go to, i guess i'll go to, to kit i wanted to kit i'm curious what you thought i mean i haven't really heard your real opinions of this i get the vibe i don't want to speak for you but I, I, at first, you weren't so blown away. Am I right about that? Tell, tell us what you... Yeah, I mean, uh, for, well, first of all, the demo itself, I, I always thought it, it had promise. I, I you know, I, I really love those minor chords. Producers, and I thought that, you know, that was very intriguing. Um, and I liked the idea uh, behind the song. And I thought that bridge had some promise. I, I was a little disappointed that they didn't do you know Paul didn't do something with it in in this final version I mean I get the point about not using the abuser line I mean that wouldn't have worked in, yeah that, in, I was I wanted to version. I don't know if I should make that as a separate <clears throat> question or not but if anybody wants to chime in because right. I personally am yeah. glad they left it out I mm-hmm. mean see the result mm-hmm. I don't think it would fit in the sentiment of it. yeah I mean I get you know, I get that the the words wouldn't have worked in this reworking, yeah. but I but I did like the the chord changes in in the bridge. So I don't know. I have I have some mixed feelings about that. Um, but um, but on 
the other hand, um, yeah, upon as far as the final version here, upon first listen, yeah, I mean, I, I, I wasn't insane about it, to be honest with you. Um, it, it just, it was good. I mean, I, I didn't dislike it or anything, but it really wasn't until I saw the video um, that I changed my mind. You know, I really thought, and I assume we'll, we'll talk a bit more in depth about the video uh, a little bit later, but I, I really, once I saw the video uh, and, and those incredible visuals, uh, it really put the whole song together for me and really drove home the lyrics and uh, particularly the lyrics. Um, you know, the, I immediately got, I mean, you know, we, toward the end of the song when those, those strings come up and I, I, I just thought, oh, I hear I am the walrus in there. I hear it. Um, and, uh, you know, the wonderful use of the uh, background vocals uh, or the, well, music and background vocals here for, from Because. And I mean, it's, it's just Beatles all over the place. It's great. You know, I love that. Um, but you know, it just, the song just didn't grab me immediately, um, upon first listen. But as I said, the video really made the difference for me to see those incredible emotional visuals. And, and as you said, John, you really, you know, put it well that, you know, the song is about, you know, loss and, and, you know, it really turned it into that, you know, mm. about loss, grieving, um, but it isn't depressing. I mean, it isn't an overly right. depressing song. I mean, that's, you know, I don't mean to make it sound like that. Because, in fact, a couple people online have called it a dirge. And I don't think it's a dirge. I mean, it really isn't. It's, hmm. It is a, an acknowledgement of missing people you love. And, and you know, I, I just. Well, there's uh, that rhythm section again. I mm -hmm. think there's a, there's a, there's a, the, and the Beatles are great at taking like, a slow tempo and kind of adding adding enough kind of swing to it that you don't feel like you're that you're counting this tempo exactly you know? um it's at sped some up a point, little excuse me is it sped is up it? a little bit 10 seconds uh i heard it was sped up a little bit from the demo it has mm. to be it sounds like mm -hmm. i think it is just a little yeah, I mean it's not it's not major, but those strings really bring it to mm. an emotional climax toward the end too, and and so so it's a sort of a celebration of life in, in a way at the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I, I'm just going to chime in. I guess this will be. I'll just get mine over with fast because I, I, I want to say. Well, what, first, I I would be close. Sorry, Ken, to calling the demo a nothing burger. I, I just didn't think, I thought it was weak. John never intended to make uh, a recording of it. He never fin really, I didn't think it was finished. Um, it was kind of kind of slow and dirgy. I don't know. Slow, to, you know, some of the best songs are slow in the world. Mm. I mean, not just that, because it's slow. But that, but I just, uh, and I was like, how are they going to do something with this? Uh, I had my doubts. And I, I had a person, uh, Lee, who was on my, you know, comments a lot of my live stream says, don't you have, don't you have faith in Paul McCartney? Don't you have trust in Paul? And the, this is the Beatles we're talking about. They're not going to let something go out that's, it's you know, garbage. And I'm saying, yeah, I do have faith in Paul. But, you know, at times, you know, he's had things come out that I'm not thrilled with. Um, even he can make a mistake. But I tell you, when I heard the song, I liked the song. You know, when I heard the song itself. 
And I said, they did it. I can't believe it. I said, Paul, you're right. I take my hat off to you. The, the, the production, the, you know, the instruments that Paul, you know, doing the George part uh, tribute with the slide, which is kind of melancholy, bittersweet, a little spooky, maybe. I just love that bit. And, you know, the piano and so forth. And then, I, maybe we should all throw this in a little. When I saw the video, forget it. You know, I, a kid had said, heads up, I hear it's going to be a Kleenex video. Yeah. yeah, I got tears in my eyes. I was moved by it. I was emotional. My girlfriend, who's you know, somewhat of a Beatles fan, not like me, completely, like, lost it. She, you know, she's blowing her nose. She had to take, and she wanted to see it a second time. We were, we were away in Oklahoma for this. For this. We're in a Target store on the phone watching it on a, on a, on a phone. And we're crying uh... in Target. And then later on, we were going home at the airport. We were stopping in a restaurant. She says, can I see that one more time? Set it up, the phone. And she was like, ooh, she was crying the second time. So I was one of those people that was affected by it. I wasn't bawling, but I did have to go like go like that. I got emotional. I, yeah. So the video, to end this, for me, that that was, now I love it. You see, the, the video made it for me. Yep. It was it, it was It was good. When I saw the video, I'm like, that's it. You know, there used to be worries in the MTV days. You know, sometimes, you know, the video can limit a song visually. You know, they're worried about that. Or if you have a video, you're always going to connect it with the song. This one, I, it's always going to be connected for me. This video, enhanced the song, I think. I think, yeah. For me, mm-hmm. too, I think it enhances it. And, yeah, I, it is, to me, it is sad. You know, it's sad, but it's also a celebratory <clears throat> thing of their entire career, a last bow a swan song some people said they didn't think it sounded like the beatles i think it's got the epitome of everything the beatles were i think it's very beatly very reminiscent of their whole career and i i, 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 mean, I can say a lot more but we got a lot to get to and i want other people to go but tom, yeah I don't think, tom I don't yeah, think oh you... yeah sure we, i'm mm-hmm. gonna do tom as well and yeah. get back to ken yeah so tom you're up well, um, I mean, uh, yeah, no, no, it's all right. No, I've enjoyed listening to everybody. Um, I, and I've said this before many times. I'm not the biggest bootleg person. So, uh, you know, now and then the, the, the demo came recently to me. And um, I thought lyrically it's, it's better than uh, I think, uh, you know, uh, with, the, with, the, with, the, with the piano. I'm not the biggest fan of, of the piano bit that he's playing um and that it is you know as, as what jury jury is that what you call it there joe um, dirge, like a dirge jersey whatever yeah something mm-hmm. like that but but lyrically i've always thought the song had has has some some promise to it um i've always liked um you know sometimes lennon if he's looking back or if he's apologizing or if he's being sentimental uh i i kind of like that side uh, of john um that being said going into the song um yeah i mean we we know that the that that this that bridge there and you you know you're kind of hoping that maybe you know paul will add some some vocals in like um uh like him and george did with free as a bird and and i gotta say at first i didn't really have high hopes for this because i've never i liked the two songs but i've never been the biggest fan of real love and, and free as a bird um, I don't think they just they lack energy, uh, in my opinion. And when I think Beatles, I think energy. And I don't think those songs have that, to be honest with you. But um, that being said, 
you know, listening to the song. I made the mistake of listening to it for the first time on the phone. And uh, <laughs> I did that. And too. I'll never make that. <laughs> yeah, I'll never do that again. But yeah, let me tell agreed. you, when I put the headphones on and was listening to that song and it's at the 119 marker when they're singing, you know, you know, Paul is joining in with the, the love you bit. Um, that's when the song just turns into magic uh, for me, whatever, you know, Paul and Giles and, and Ringo, what they did from that moment on for me just took me away. And, and John, you said it right, that dreamlike uh, atmosphere. And that's exactly what I got from it, especially during that, uh, the guitar solo. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, the, the layers that you get, the orchestration, the, the, you know, the because backing vocals during that part just you know it um, you know puts a smile on my face every time mm-hmm. i hear that section but it's from the 119 to, to 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 the finish that you know i really like i really love the song at the beginning part i'm yeah the, the piano beginning i'm not really the biggest fan of that bit but i'll get over it it's just a little nitpick here and there i still think the song is fantastic and it's my favorite of the three uh, you know, I guess we can call them toodles now or, or whatever. <laughs> Isn't that um, funny? It's my favorite, right? but it's really because of the strength yeah. of the video in all fairness, I think. Okay. Well, fairness too, but then, you know, getting to the video, um, there's that shot when you see all four of them together or especially with Ringo and, and Paul together. And it doesn't quite look like they're doing it at this or if they're in the same studio i don't think they are in the same studio. no it almost kind of reminds me of a stevie ricks uh thing when he's doing right. his two you know thing mm. it just looks a little odd just to me I, I hope people enjoy that bit because i enjoy it too but it just doesn't look you know <laughs> that they're doing it uh you know at the same time or if they're, if they're even in the same if, even if it's in the same room i don't but think that it being is said, no, yeah. you know, I never know. I only watched it on the phone. I've never seen anything bigger. Yeah. So I don't know. Right. But you know, you you get the images, especially the image of 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 John looking into the horizon. I got I found the 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 picture that that came from. It's actually a picture of John and Sean Lennon. Um, but um, that you know, and then him looking into it and then seeing the Beatles. I mean, that was really. A great touch. I'm a big fan of all the parts where John is behind the conductor po- uh, podium and he's just, you know, <laughs> acting like goofy. Yeah, exactly. Like bring the <laughs> level up, make it louder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and and kid, I think you said the other night too. Um, the, the the bits where Paul's just looking on, um, you know, and look, he's in the studio and he he's just looking on, like he's almost looking back, you know, to the then part. You know, it's now, but then he's looking back to the then part. And that's really, that's really something as well. That really enhances. But the song was already enhanced for me. The, 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 the video was the cherry on top. But, but for me, the song was already, um, you know, brilliant from what they did uh, to the song before the video. You know, there are times where, you know, a song that has, you know, shouldn't be as good as it is, but the video is just really, you know, yeah. knocks the song out of the yeah. park. Yeah, we've you had know, it both ways, lot, right? With a video, maybe not yeah, as good as the song. Exactly. But yeah, this one right, helps right. knock it. I agree. Yeah, yeah. In this case, but, and you know, with but, the, yeah. with the because harmony, you know, the people might talk yeah. about the because, because harmony. Now, again, I always have to say I'm not a musician. I just go by my ears, you know. And even though I knew they were going to use that, yeah, right. I could see, I could hear 
because in there, right. but I don't think it was blatant. Like it's not no. like it. It yeah. struck me as I like whatever you call it. You know, technically that they did, right. where they used it, right. but I wouldn't right away say, "Hey, they just swiped it, like lifted it as a what's the third day sample, sample or something yeah. straight right. off." Because you know that's terrible. I was worried about that going into right. it, but I love what? the effect. What's I haven't beautiful. obviously. Obviously, the 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 ninety five bits too were 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 great to see. Um, I don't yeah, know if yeah. you remember, but from the documentary, you see George uh, in front of a Susie and the Red Red Stripes uh, drum head. Yeah. But then in the video, they switched it to the uh, the Magical Mystery Tour, the I Am the Walrus uh, drum yeah. head. Um, so I don't know if that was was Peter Jackson, um, uh, his doing his touch, uh, digital touch on that. But, but to, to conclude, listen, it's 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 a fitting it's a fitting end uh, to if this is the last song, it's 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 a perfect ending, in my opinion. You mentioned George. I just say I like in the '95 footage when this, the thing starts, the video starts. Right. George looks now whether they just used whatever they could find. He looked like he was into it. You know, they made it look like he was right. happy, smiling. There's a moment when Paul and George are connected. Yeah. I love mm -hmm. that's the, right away. I was like, oh, that's great to see them connecting like that yes yes so um ken uh, you, you started saying some stuff but i'm sure you have more thoughts well first of all john's demo i've always loved and in fact it it was such a revelation for me to listen to all that material that was aired on the lost Lennon tapes because you get to realize that some songs were finished some were not very often, John would take a fragment of one song, take it out of the song and use it in another song. Um, in fact, I was just thinking because initially I was kind of disappointed. My only disappointment with the new version of Now and Then was that it didn't have that bridge in it. And having heard that demo all these years, and I always loved that bridge. It's a yeah. great melody. It really flows with the song. Um, I then remembered like I said about Free as a Bird, which wasn't finished, Real Love. There's a whole other verse of Real Love that's on the acoustic guitar version yeah. from Imagine John Lennon that right. the Beatles never used at all in their version. Right. <laughs> you know? What is it? I don't expect you to understand the kingdom of heaven. Right. That but, whole bit, that was never used. But if I'm not mistaken, though, we were talking about this on my show that I did by myself, yeah. um, about that with different versions of that. Real I know that was yeah. an acoustic right. guitar version. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, it wasn't the right. same one right out of the Imagine mm -hmm. movie, right? Either. Yeah. Okay, but I was just thinking that too. But well, I like uh, that line that that you just said. Yeah, I, I've always loved the um, the demo that John made for that song. But I don't know if you know this. There's a version that just came out. It's lots of people covering now and then. You know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. But um, there's a version that has the Beatles recording, and somehow they inserted John's bridge in there. I heard that. I yeah. Thing, and it kind of felt like it was too long. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think that they made the right decision, the Beatles did there. Yeah. And, um, I love the whole arrangement. I think it's a, it's a work of art. I love the orchestration yeah. that they used in Now and Then. Um you know, the video is one of the best videos that's ever been done on the Beatles. It's kind of hard to top free as a bird, which was a masterpiece yeah. of a video. All the work that was poured into free as when a When you bird. consider the technology that was available then yeah. compared to now. Right. 
as it as it were. Yeah, agreed. But um, I think now and then has a really haunting melody to it, um, and I'm a very big melody person. I think the melody works throughout the entire song. The video definitely is is a work of art. It's masterful. There's no doubt about it. There's certain touches that were added in that video, especially when uh, when the words come now and then I miss you. And it cuts to John and George together at Shea mm-hmm. Stadium. Oh, yeah. Perfect touch right there. Mm-hmm. Like Tom was saying, one of my favorite moments is is when the orchestra's playing and you've got John raising his hands like this to make you know yeah. make everything louder. Right. You've got Paul imitating a violin player. Yes, <laughs> right. It was all so cleverly done. And when they mix the old and the new, it's driving home the point of now and then. Yes. There's one thing I wanted to bring up to you guys, which is um, they brought out this story once again. It's not a new story, but... Um, Back when Paul recorded the Tug of War album and Carl Perkins was in Montserrat, right, the song called "My Old Friend," I am a friend, became mm-hmm. a duet with him and Paul. But it was Carl responding to just being so grateful that he was treated so well in Montserrat, and in the lyrics he says, um, "My old friend, won't you think about me every now and then?" And when Carl played it for Paul, Paul started to cry. Right. And Linda went to Carl and said, how did you know? Carl said, I don't know what you're talking about. How did you know? Won't you think about me every now and then? Those were the last words that John said to Paul. Mm-hmm. So Paul felt that maybe John was channeling or, or Carl was channeling John in the song. And now you've got this song with the words now and then. So 100%. maybe... The song has a special significance for Paul, and Giles Martin said words to that effect. Well, I definitely think so. 100%. I think it would make sense. I mean, if you believe in this stuff, yeah, that because I I heard the version of this of that story that I heard is is that Carl Perkins was not a prolific songwriter per se, Mm. and it was like unusual for him to like sit down and write a song, he just he just felt this thing kind of come through yeah. him mm-hmm. right um but it kind of makes sense that if john's gonna you know choose a, a vessel to reach paul through why not have it be right. carl perkins right yeah. <laughs> there have been a couple of moments like that in the in the lore there was a a photo some of the photos from the 90s of the three of them together there's a there's a photo session where this like white peacock walked yeah. walked past them. Oh yeah, I think I've seen that. Right, and they were like, oh, you know, uh, there was another one. There, Paul's doing an interview and he's talking, and he starts talking about John, and something happens with the camera, where the camera suddenly starts like flat, like this weird like blue fuzzy thing starts happening to the picture. And you hear the cameraman from behind go, we, we, we have to stop something. Something happened with the camera. It got, you know, this blue flash happened and all, all over the screen. And, and Paul goes, keep it in. It's John. Yes. <laughs> you know? So there have been a couple can... of moments like that where, you know, it feels like he's mm-hmm. kind of, you know, I, and I, I, I don't know about you all. I definitely believe in that getting like a little like a wink 
from above from people now yeah every every once in a while you know yeah you, you can you can hear that uh, story from carl perkins on youtube you can find it easily yeah oh really okay i yes. interviewed yeah. carl a couple of times nicest guy i think i've ever interviewed he's so special oh, he makes cool. you feel like gold when you really out. and he told me that story mm. you know about my old friend so nice wow yeah well uh, um are there any thoughts on uh, what thoughts on the video that um Kit, did you say everything you wanted to about yeah the video? well just wanted wanted to expand what what tom said and i i said this uh on on a show um you know a few nights ago that yeah it, it really the moments of of paul you know in the in the you know control booth and and looking out at um you know the the images of you know john crazily you know uh conducting quotes the orchestra and then behind him the younger images of of himself and george and you know and just seeing you know the contrast of paul today and and you know clearly the implication was you know him and, and you could see like kind of the smile on his face and thinking back to um you know, it was the implication of, you know, remembering what it was like in the studio. Um, I mean, that that really, I just thought that was not only a nice touch, but it was just so moving. I mean, it was it was so well done. And I want to mention something else, because we, we also talked about uh, this on, on the show, that, you know, I mm. saw some comments, um, some reactions to the video about how they didn't like the images of of john acting crazy and and some of the images some people said that i'm like yeah and video. you <laughs> know i i just didn't understand that because i, I first of all that's the beatles spirit i 100%. mean you know the, yeah i mean they were funny you know I mean, and some people didn't know that's from a video somebody said to me why would they have like a video and I, were those real images of john or did they make it up like he's dancing right. around i said no, that's from a video. Yeah, uh, <laughs> hello, goodbye. One of the hello, yeah. goodbye. Videos. Exactly. Yeah. And it was interesting how he drew so much from hello, goodbye. But it kind of makes sense because there were all those wide right. shots of the of the group. Yes. So and that's the most sort of usable. Yeah. And yeah. it's in, and it's in color, and right. it's like yeah. they're nice long shots. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff to be to choose from. Yeah. In that it's, in that video, yeah, I thought was, I thought that was perfect. I was a little confused. Video. Huh? I'm too. sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry there was, was more than one video for mm -hmm. Hello Goodbye to a right. promo film, promo film video, right. whatever. Yeah, there was more than Sergeant one. Pepper up had three, yeah. I think. So exactly. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but but uh, but anyway, you know, other and also, I think Peter Jackson was smart to do it because otherwise, I mean, it could have been a really depressing video. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it would have been even sadder. And so I think he was really smart to put in the lighter moments. I mean, you know, I love the moment where Paul is, you know, sitting and, and playing the bass and the others are taking apart the uh, uh, the, the bandstand behind him. And Paul, I love that the younger Paul's looking at him and kind of, you know, kind of going like this and, you know, kind of looking at him like, you know, like he's crazy or something. Just great moments. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. Can I, I say there was, um, well, 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 we, uh, um, real quick, well, what? Well, Kit and I, we were recording with our, our friend Ed Chen uh, for his show, and um, Erica White from DC Beatles was was on with us too, and she had brought up the fact that they could, they should have really given a little nod to George Martin, as in you know maybe looking down or looking at his son or something like that in the video, just to make a nice little you know reference to 
you know, to George Martin. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, that was that was pretty cool. Uh, can I can I, I mention a comment? Trying to keep up with the comments. So I my know. friend Lee <laughs> says, "Why don't why is they just recorded if they're not going to converse?" Jeez. And the only reason I'm saying that is Lee has been giving me hell lately. So it's okay, Lee. But no, Mark Zutkov uh, says something about. Oh, and I passed it now. Of course, oh, I've would got you? It. Would you I've about yesterday? Yeah. There's a few of them. The one about yesterday. Would you have Goofy dancing in the yesterday video? I wouldn't. He says, and I think there's a difference here because we're dealing with the passing of John and George. I think we're also dealing with this is not just a song and a music video. This is an event. This is a this is a you know the last thing. This is our this is our this is our thank you and good night. Yeah. So you know what I mean. I was really pleased to to piggyback on what Kit was saying that they threw in so much silliness i was taken aback by it at first i was like me too yeah but the more but i'm I'm, and i'm glad that we're doing this on the monday and not like on thursday night like after everything had just come out i'm glad that we've all had a few days to kind of chew on this because i thought about it over the weekend i'm like oh the beatles have always been about irreverence Mm. and goofing off and being silly and funny and injecting you know they were full of humor and fun and positivity right that was the thing that i you know i I wrote a blog piece on december 8th 2020 about my memories of december 8th 1980 and talking about from that point on it was like the beatles was like frozen in amber suddenly everything was very somber and sad and serious and heavy right and i so i really loved the fact that this thing was so light and fun that they added some irreverence to the thing because that's really what they've always kind of been about it was never something to be taken seriously and you know uh like a like a u2 video or something like that not to knock you too but 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 you know what i'm saying It, it was it, yeah. let's have some let's have some fun let's enjoy ourselves yes. and be silly you know otherwise it could be a complete dirgy kind of thing this is a little bit of i love the way the contrasts it, it's right. good yeah you know, I, I think it was good as, as they always then that and again there that's another part of their genius is to be able to uh sort of explore these very heavy emotional topics of loss of you know grieving and all that kind of stuff with some lightness thrown in there at the same at the same time i think the the rhythm section groove and 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 the tune kind of the production of it has this uplifting quality to kind of help sell the 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 heaviness of the lyrics um there was another song that my wife and i were talking about recently where it was like a really really heavy lyric but the the tune is very bright and and uplifting and it it helped i forget what song it was but but i mean if you hey jude is is another example of that when you know the history of what that song is about it's like you know it's devastating but that track is just you know pumping away and and it and it delivers this very heavy 
subject to you in a in a setting that kind of reels you in in it with a with a with a little bit more light to it you know i had i had no problem once i once i understood what was going on in the video i i and and i hesitate to call it a video because it's not just a music video it's like it's like a it's like a it's its own Lush. thing it's like a, it's like a short film of a of this particular moment Mm. in time i was like you know i i was confused by it at first but then i was like oh i i get what's going on here yep I, yeah and, I, it, and I, I think it takes brass ones for 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 paul and ringo but for paul to really like let people know he's he, he keeps his cards pretty close to the vest most of the time but here he's like yo i'm 81 yeah. this is where my head is at i think about these i mean i'm getting choked up think i, I think about these dudes all the time I mean, imagine going through what they went through together. I mean, and having these, and all of us know what that's like to build these relationships that last you and the rest of your life beyond that transcend, you know, the physical realm. It's like, I think about these dudes all the time. So yep. here's where I'm at, folks. Mm -hmm. I think it took brass ones for Paul to put that out into the world. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's a celebration, you know, yeah. not to get too heavy here, but I mean, yeah, it's a, I mean, this, it's a celebration of life, but it's also looking, you know, it's looking back, it's recognizing that, you know, it, it, it you know, kind of is his mortality in a way. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. you know, looking at, you know, everything comes to an end. And, and so it's, it's yeah. that too. But as I said, you know peter jackson did a great job of balancing all this you know because this yeah. could have been really depressing i mean because those are some yes. heavy heavy right. subjects but you know but by balancing it out with the lightness and reminding us yeah. of, you know how funny they were and the cohesiveness i mean we've seen all the video of them clown kind of kidding around in the studio from the beginning yeah. Denzel hoffman uh, all movies i mean exactly. that's how the beatles were always were yeah. john in particular you know yeah. joking around and stuff and i like you know I, I love this thing about it to me that paul well first of all paul we, i think we can agree was the driving force so he's the one that really wanted this for so long mm -hmm. and i think tom and i maybe were wondering right uh if this flops if this is not good <laughs> is paul gonna have to own that you know and i thought yeah, i guess he will you know whether you say it like a broad street or a magical mystery tour film like disappointment or whatever and it turned out but he gets all the credit if he does good or, or not all of the credit i don't mean i'm yeah. saying things loosely right. of course not all the credit other people responsible as well sure but i and, like i said I salute ball you know i give him the credit you did it you know i feel so great that he that he did it and even at this age he could still know what what to do he could know how to handle a, a subject like this and a song like this and the last Beatle song that's important, that it be something that people like for the most part. Of course, you have detractors. There's always detractors for yeah. one reason or another. But overall, they, they, it, they had their detractors in the 60s. Yeah, sure. That's true. Yeah. They, the initial reviews of Abbey Road were not particularly yeah. good. And there was even a, a bad Sergeant Pepper one by somebody famous. I forget who that oh, was. Oh, yeah. Richard, somebody from the Village Voice. I, You, you know what happened with that? You know, did you hear the story? It turns out someone gave him a stereo copy of the album 
and he only had one of his speakers plugged in. <laughs> oh no! Dude wrote a review of like the left channel of of, oh, of Pepper. Wow. <laughs> Jeez. And they hung that poor guy out to dry for like twenty years until he heard like the the, the full album of it. You know, and he's like, "Oh, now oh. I get it." Yeah. Well, there are drums on that song. <laughs> Can you imagine? But I love oh. it. I love. Yeah. It. Um, I, I, you know, with the, we have like we usually go a couple hours. I was wondering um, if there's anything else to say about this. If anybody wants to, otherwise, do you want to talk a little about the red and the blue? expectations that we maybe when it comes out and we listen to it we can talk about what we actually thought of the some of the new versions and things like that but for now maybe we can talk a little bit about the red and the blue what do we think of uh some of the songs that are going to be added to it and so forth i mean let's start i mean i might i, I don't know uh, uh tom you have anything that stands out that you might want to talk about regarding the red and the blue no movies? not really i mean i, I i'm not one to really want to speculate but you know i'm i'm just you know ready for well, friday to get here uh, the you know the red one will, will be the first one i play uh no, as in, because we, <laughs> yeah. you know you know <laughs> so i think the one we're all really looking forward to to listening to because you know they haven't touched that uh that era of the of the of the band yet so that's the one i'm really looking forward to listening to and obviously you know tracks like uh hey bulldog and fool on the hill uh, I can't wait to hear what they what they do with that as well. But um, yeah, I'm excited for it. But uh, but to talk about it and say, I know Ken had we had had the privilege of of going to a listening party, uh, so he got to to hear a few things. I'm I'm curious to to Ken for you to you know to tell people what you heard and what your thoughts were. Well, they played Ticket to Ride and they played I Am the Walrus. Oh, well, the theater yeah. setting in Dolby Atmos, and I wasn't too crazy about it, to tell you the truth. I just yeah. felt like a lot of the sound was a bit distorted. Mm. And um, with I Am The Walrus, you got to hear the King Lear bit going, bouncing around in different mm. speakers in the back. But I wasn't too impressed by what I heard with that. I, I don't think that's the way for me to judge <laughs> this whole collection based on two songs. I'd rather no. listen with my headphones on when they both come out right but, um right you know the the sound seemed very distorted and compressed to me in that room um and i don't have a, a system here where i can listen in dolby although I, there's supposed to be headphones where you could listen in dolby something like that i'm not really sure yeah what, um, what is yeah. that exactly what is dolby at most exactly am i the only one that doesn't understand what well, is it it's supposed what that to be is? complete surround sound yeah, I, I don't fully understand it either. And and Ed Shen, shout out to Ed Shen, he's been trying to talk me into getting these Apple AirPods. I forget what the exact, probably you guys out there will know, or maybe they're not, they may be over the, the ear uh, Apple headphones that's supposed to give you the Dolby Atmos experience. And uh, and so he's been trying to convince me to get these. So I maybe I'll cave, I don't know, but... Uh, is, I don't, is there, I don't quite understand it either. I mean, is there some sort of bias against like 5.1? Mm -hmm. Like actual. Know. I'm sure you know. I don't our, care our viewers that. out there will 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 tell us. Um, convince well, us I out mean, there, guys. Yeah, I mean, there's only 0. 0.00001 percent of the 
you know, population that has the technology to listen to the Dolby Atmos anyway. So I for the I mean, twenty people who buy quad, <laughs> right? Yes. Convince us, guys. Why? Why should we do right. it? Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know because you know I'm thinking. I'm sorry. I, I but maybe I worded it wrong too. I was also thinking we could talk about a little bit what maybe some of the songs we like that are on it, added or not. Mm-hmm. You know, I just something to flush yeah. it out a little bit. Not necessarily. So we speculate on the sound without yeah. having heard it. I'll, t- but I'll like, tell you what. Okay. Uh, if you, if it was I, I was listening to my red CD tonight actually, mm-hmm. and I had the playlist of the new editions uh, in front of me uh, while I was cooking dinner. I was, and I was really, it's interesting because I've always felt that the red and blue albums were slightly redundant for people like us right Mm -hmm. those of us Mm -hmm. you four and myself those of us who are you know who belong to what i call the beatles industrial complex who like have every record who have multiple copies of every record um and one of the perils of doing what we do is we encounter what i call civilians uh who Hand to God, I met someone five years ago who told me that his favorite John Lennon song was While My Guitar Jim Oh boy. Sure. I wish I was making that up. I, met, I also met someone who thought Imagine is on the Let It Be album, right? So those people are out there. So well, I feel Frank like. Sinatra, was he? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> if I met Frank, if I ever met Frank Sinatra, Joe, that would be all I ever talked about. <laughs> but that's beside the point. So I feel like the red and blue albums are great for folks like that who are more sort of casual fans, you know, and because the Beatles never did like a greatest hits package per se. And, you know, and a lot of those greatest hits, I mean, we forget like we're like the Eagles greatest hits, Steve Miller band, Elton John, a lot of artists had like greatest hits packages that were like pretty well known unto themselves as as a thing How i feel rocks. like this well, was, was always the collection was the collection of oldies the greatest hits yes it was but that oh, was that's in true. england that's know. true but yeah. that was only okay. in england right that was only in yeah, england yeah. and it was because right. they were still working they didn't have a they didn't pepper wasn't ready in time for christmas so they had to put they had to put something out but as far as like the full span of their career i think for the the casual fan who I've just described, who doesn't know all the, I mean, you've, cause it's like, there's a continuum. There's like folks like I just mentioned, and then you have the people who can look at a copy of yesterday and today and tell you which capital pressing plant it was made at. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Those folks probably are not rushing out to get the red and blue album. I could be wrong. I don't know, but I think, you know, growing up, like my dad, my stepfather, my mother, like my, my uncles and aunts, they all had like all of the albums. I only saw the red and blue albums in you know, like my friend's parents who didn't have any records. They would be like a, a Leo Sayer album, the Saturday Night <laughs> Fever soundtrack and the red and blue album. Right. So, right. you know what I mean? So I've always felt that that was more for folks like that who kind of want a bunch of, you know, Beatles tracks all in one place. And 
it, it really does serve that purpose really well. This is a very satisfying listen uh, from beginning to end. And when I was comparing it to the new track listing, like, oh, they're adding Sar standing there and twist and shout. Interesting. You know, I think the the new tracks that they're adding are right on the money. I love the fact that they are putting a heavier dose of George yeah. onto this thing. Um, the tracks are arranged chronologically. You can trace the development. You can trace that's, the evolution of the sound. But John, the that's, they said that's the CDs are going to do that, but apparently it's going to be yeah. a separate disc uh, vinyl on the, the vinyl that's going to have the new tracks of a third album, mm. which I... You're not happy about that. They're not going to do chronological in the vinyl. Right, right. So the the, the vinyl releases, the vinyl releases, the first two will be as is, like it was originally released. Then the third vinyl will will be those bonus tracks. Now the CD, that's where they'll do it all in chronological right. order. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. is the logic behind that? Don't know. Timing <laughs> the vinyl. I mean, probably. The fitting, uh, the, fitting, the fitting of the I track guess, on the maybe to keep it more authentic, you know, for the purists. I don't know. Also, yeah. Yeah. somebody said, I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was Tom. Somebody said that at first, if you could believe it, they were going to make the vinyl. They wanted maybe chronological, but they did not. And then they wanted to change. It was too late by the time they changed their mind or something. I've heard. Yeah. And then they just went ahead with the CD and made the CD chronological. Huh. But they they were. They, they couldn't go back on the vinyl. I heard that as well. Don't know if that's mm. a rumor. That's and it's really strange that the last song chronologically should be right. now and then. <laughs> ah, I want you, she's so heavy. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, I mean, I, I, I don't like that being on it. But this is what we talked about in one of my live streams. Is everybody we can go forever. Well, I like this on there, but I don't like that. And this should have been, um, like for me, I say you know. I love roll over Beethoven. Uh, I would. I. I don't. I'm not wild about. Do you want to know a secret? But for some reason, I think. Do you want to know a secret? Fits the package more if you're going to put another George. An early George track, yeah. It was a hit in the U.S. Hit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you bring up this roll boy, over Beethoven. This boy, I'm really excited about. Beat, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, Joe, you bring up roll over Beethoven, and one of our viewers, uh, Mark Bolin, brought up this question, and oh. and so good one to ask. What do you guys think about the the cover song editions? I'm glad they're doing mm. it. I think they they definitely made an effort when it first came out in '73 right. to make sure they were all original. Yeah, me, I know why we talked about this on other show. I, I just for me personally, I kind of think I twist and shout. Yeah, I think you need that was a number two shout, here. You mm -hmm. know, but the other ones, I'm kind of like, you really got to hold on me. Love it on on with the Beatles. Don't think it, it should be on this, but this is all my opinion. Other people love the covers being on. I think Kit was saying, or you were saying, it's they were a covers band. Shows that the history mm. that they were, they did covers early on. Yeah, I mean that's kind of how I feel. It, it kind of goes back to what what John was just saying, which is, you know, yeah. what who is your target audience here? If this is if if you are introducing the band either to someone who you know, doesn't really know the Beatles at all, or this is targeted at just like the casual fan and you want to give them an overview of what the Beatles were about, you know, and yeah, part of what they were about in their early years, particularly, I mean, they, they did great covers, great interpretations. Yeah. 
And so now we, you know, you get a sampling of that on and some of their best ones. Although I don't think, yeah, I don't think money's on here, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I would have, I would put money on here. Yeah. Um, yeah. After what Ringo did to it, I don't want to hear that song. <laughs> but oh, you got Twist on. and Shout. I mean, you got Screaming John and Twist and Shout. Twist yeah, and Shout. Twist and Shout's and, a no brainer. That, that's yeah. a landmark track that's in a class yeah. by itself that performance yeah. yeah i would have put rock and roll music on there i would have put mm. sally on there if you get that's a true. Mm. All right. yep. yeah so, so well, you, know, you can do you know people i know people have said oh within you without you I, I, I don't like that on there but i think kid again i think you were pointing out indian influence i mean if i remember exactly Directly, you got to have some indian influence yeah because that's that's very important i mean right. that was that was a huge part of, of their influence and of course as john pointed out you know it's good to have more george representation i mean that was yeah oh you that need was more terrible that. in the original that that yeah. you know there wasn't so but and yeah that's important uh big part of the beatles yeah. sound yeah as we said many times if you would ask all of us individually you know what we would want you know, as bonus tracks we would all have different answers to it yeah that's the thing you can't please everybody exactly right. yeah, all right. the time yeah. right mm-hmm. but i so, think that you know certainly in my opinion i was really surprised when i heard that they were going to reissue the red and the blue um and it's not because i haven't loved those collections i was excited when it came out even though i had all the songs but it's always important for every major artist that's had hits to have the greatest hits of some kind. Mm-hmm. The Beatles never really had a proper one at all. I mean, there was a collection of Beatle oldies at the end of 1966 in the UK. Hey Jude was sort of a compilation in a way, but we never had a real full-fledged greatest hits Beatles album. And for the band that had more hits than anybody else, that's insane. And so I think in 1973, a lot of people forget how popular these two collections were. The Blue Album, in fact, went to number one on the Billboard charts in the U.S., and it stayed on the charts for many years. And this was, for a lot of people who were just starting out as Beatle fans, their first releases. Not everybody went through all the Beatles albums chronologically and, and bought them that way. The safe thing to do is just to buy the hits first, and if you like them, well, then investigate the rest. Yeah. And so, uh, when the Beatles one came out in 2000, which was the biggest thing all around the world, oh. that kind of replaced the red and the blue. Right. You know, and we had other compilations that came out in the 70s and 80s that had a theme to it, like, you know, rock and roll music and love songs and all that. But as far as a hits collection, um, the red and the blue were really a better representation than the one album i mean the one album is great because it has all the number one hits but the blue album the written the blue albums have not just hits but they also have album cuts album and, tracks, album yeah. cuts. and you had right. to do that right. in the second half of the beatles time together from 67 to 70 because there were less singles that were released during that time and right. if you got the right. white album which didn't have any singles released when it was first when it first came out or sergeant pepper for that matter didn't have any singles released you got to have songs from them and I also believe that some of these songs became staples of classic rock radio because they were on these collections. You know, I mean, if you're going to think about songs from Sgt. Pepper, what classic rock radio has played, you're going to think of Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, Sgt. Pepper with a little help from my friends and a day in the life. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they were on the Blue Album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And go. back in the USSR and Obla Di Obla Da and While My Guitar Gently Weeps are three of the most played songs from the White Album on classic rock radio. You know, a lot of that's because of this. It was a big influence, these two. So, but I, I kind of thought that these two collections were forgotten by Capitol Records. And I'm kind of wondering sometimes if maybe because they didn't do any work on the Beatles anthology in recent years, like remastering or remixing it, how are you going to place now and then? If you're going to put it on an album, what are you going to put it on? I think it's kind of awkward on the Blue Album. I really do. To go from on the CD, The Long Unwinding Road, to now and then. 20 <laughs> years, I mean, 23 years. What am I talking about? Uh, 50, 53 years. <laughs> at least as a single. That's kind of jarring there. Although, you know, yeah. it's still a Beatles song. But, um, you know, I'm glad Can... that doing this, but I kind of wish that in a way, if if I could, I think it belongs more on the anthology. Like if they could redo yeah. Anthology 3 or do a repackaged right. anthology of some kind, maybe one disc or two discs, the best of the anthology, make sure Free as a Bird, Real Love, and Now and Then are on it. I think it probably would fit better there. Do you think that in this day and age, it matters that a song has to appear on an album? Can it just be a single in an age where we can go on Apple Music or any streaming service and create any playlist that we want? Does it have to be? I think for other artists, I think for other artists, I don't think it would matter, but I think it does matter for, okay. for this band. Yeah, that's true. It's got to be on. It's got to be on an album somewhere. You say right. Okay. I don't. I don't mind. Well, I haven't heard it yet on the in the context of the, the album now and then being on it. But I mean, if they had it the last track, I I think that would be good. But then I want you. She's so heavy has to be a last track. I mean, I, I you know with that ending, I think huh. right or does it? Do you do? I want you. She's so Can, heavy, and then yeah. Ken, I'm curious because you know you you talked about you you were able to to hear the song at the at the listening party and you gave us what you thought then i won't tell, but i was curious if have your has your opinions changed uh since then oh yeah definitely you know i only got to hear the song twice at this press event a mm -hmm. few weeks ago and i was kind of taken in by the whole event and the whole thing and it's kind of difficult to just focus in on the song and definitely when i saw the video for now and then there that was very emotional for me. You know, I, I was caught up in the actual film footage and, uh, you know, I almost cried <laughs> when I saw yeah, the video. I had a chance to listen over and over and over again to the song and especially in my headphones and also watching the video too. I definitely think that it, it it's a work of art, what they had to work with. Um, yeah. Yeah. Piecing it all together, adding the orchestration that they did, adding a little bit of the background harmonies from uh, because and and they say Eleanor Rigby is in there and here there. Here they're everywhere. Yeah, I don't hear yes, it. Here there and everywhere. Is, yeah, yeah, I didn't hear. It. I didn't pick that up. I haven't caught any of those. They, they're saying that they were flying in harmonies from other songs. I haven't caught what those are yet. I haven't yeah. listened. Well, that's to good. Because, that's because, good. because <laughs> yeah. you can see, you can hear that a mile away, but. Oh, so okay. that's what yeah. I, said. I didn't hear it. I couldn't mm -hmm. tell it a mile away. That's why I was like, well, 
but the others. Oh yeah, we caught because right away, especially so when I was saying all that before. What, 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 you didn't say anything. No, no, I mean, here. but but here, there, and everywhere in Elmer Rigby, I I haven't heard it. I mean, that's must be very subtle. Yeah. And you know, uh, back the red, and the blue, the timing is is good on this. I mean, it's it's not inconceivable that a lot of young people might be exposed to the new song and like that. And then say, oh, let's let's hear more of the, the Beatles. And, and it is uh, the 50th anniversary of those records. Why yes. not? Yeah, 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 yeah. That too. You know, uh, there was a listener who who wrote into um, the recent show that we did on Things We Said Today for our 400th episode. And um, I had talked about how popular the Red and the Blue albums were when they first came out. And like I said, it was on the charts for a long time. And if you take a look at the album charts today, when it comes to rock or classic rock of any kind, just about the only thing you're going to find are greatest hits. Mm. And so it might make better sense. Well, if you don't want to play off the Beatles one again, <laughs> bring back the Red and the Blue. If you're looking for something that could stay on the charts for a long time, have some kind of longevity, because all the, the albums that come out from veteran artists today, they might chart high, but they're off the charts in a month. If you're looking for something that's going to stay for a while and consistently sell, the red and the blue could could just hit the mark like it did, you know. Right. Was one. Or one. One was tremendous. One was, it was, was, was huge when that was happening. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I you know to piggyback off this idea of the younger younger generations getting introduced to the music and and not just younger generations but people just in general who are um less familiar uh with with the music and the history um i think we're at a point now where i don't know that the beatles are as all and like pervasive throughout the entire culture as they once were and i'm i'm, I'm starting to see articles written by people who seem to know less and less and it just seems to be a general decrease in basic knowledge about stuff. Um, and even to the point where there, you know, now there's these hot takes about like how overrated they were. And I don't know what the fuss is about, all this, all this kind of stuff, right? Which I'm sure we've all experienced. When I saw the Get Back film for the first time, I really loved the fact that it opened with this very brief overview of their entire oh, yeah. career yeah. from yeah. like John we'll Meeks Paul in that. 1957 yeah. up to up to 1969. Yeah. I thought it was a masterful job yeah. of like giving of real like brief but comprehensive look at like just to create just to, as 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 context for what you're about to see now. Because in the weeks leading up to when that film come out, I had everybody coming up to me like, so John, why should I be so interested in this movie? And then like 25 minutes later, when I was still explaining to them what the deal was, and it was like that scene in the movie Airplane where the guy like is like hanging himself or whatever because the guy <laughs> won't stop talking. So I was so pleased that like they give, they give you like the, the store just – you know, for the uninitiated, here's the deal, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think 
things like that are so valuable now. Uh, so I think a collection that goes like, look, if you're not going to do the deep dive and buy the $300 reissue of the album that's got like eight hours of outtakes on it for everything, here's a CD package that gives you that that gives you a you know the, a nice sort of primer, just to, you know to get a sense of of what these guys were about, you know. Um, and by the way, I have we have have any of us mentioned uh, the Alpha and Omega set that inspired these collections? No, to begin no with. somebody it, mentioned but... that in the comments, so I'm glad you brought mm -hmm. that up. I yeah. mean, yeah, and, and somebody said we have Al Alan Klein to thank for the Red the Blue album. I, you know what? Yeah, it was true. A, it's in true. A weird way, Let yeah. me tell you something. Yeah. The man that brought us the Hey Jude album, which is my yep. favorite American album, right? Same here. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think. I mean, just yeah, nineteen seventy-two, seventy-three, a brazen, blatant, illegal bootleg called Alpha and Omega. Uh, I think it was a was it a four LP set? I have it somewhere over here. You but do I can't get really? Yeah, oh yeah, you got it like yeah. back, like what, like from back no, in the day? No, I didn't get or it did back you... in the day. Yeah. No, okay. no, no, no. Okay, I mean, <laughs> the thing must have sold in sufficient numbers for capital to take notice and say we gotta we gotta you know get out in front of this thing right yeah that's what that's did. part of why they did it i believe yeah it you is. know yeah because after they finally you know shut it down and, and all i think they thought but hey this sold a lot there's there clearly a market, market for this yeah for <laughs> a greatest hits package they took the tracks it almost sounded like needle drops if i remember wow. right off the records really and that was that was not easy to do in '73. It wasn't like now we could just burn a CD and sell it in Times Square. I mean, to print you, you LPs up, it was like on there too. By the way, you know, you had uh, oh, is that right? Uncle Albert was on there. No Don't come easy. A couple uh, of '71 tracks. It was kind there. of a okay. weird track list. If, yeah. if I would have known we were going to talk about, it, I could have I could have dug it out. Well, they're on eBay. You can get them for like four hundred dollars now on oh, eBay. Yeah, they're collectors' almost, uh, items, right? Forget about it. No, it wasn't that expensive. Forget about it. Oh, really? <laughs> well, for me, you know, when I forgot it, it wasn't. Nice. But uh, we're getting, I guess, uh, maybe we should say okay. Put the Unless any last thoughts anybody wants to bring up? Because we're kind of at the end of our discussion. We covered everything, I think. Yeah. That I well, haven't. I think I'll be interested to, when the Red and Blue albums come out, um, it'll be interesting to hear now and then in the context um of the rest of the songs um on there the ones we all know right. and love um you know just kind of to to see you know i'm not saying this is that now and then is on a level of hey jude or let it be or anything like that i don't think it's gonna you know quite live up to those standards uh but i think it is a um you know a nice kind of cherry on top kind of uh song for the for the beatles legacy a nice way to yeah. um you know kind of remember them it's a nice uh, you know kind of a tribute kind of kind of single it's yeah. uh, i think i think it turned out better than any of us expected oh yeah yeah I, I think that's definitely safe to say and uh and, and that video i i think you know is an example of you know a video that absolutely 
enhanced the song. At least it did for me. Yeah, oh, for sure. Right. Yeah. And I think I think this red and the blue release too is almost kind of like a, a you know putting a little toe in the water for for Apple because if the word I mean if this turns out like if the red for example gets great uh, word of mouth and people are going crazy for it I mean I, yeah they probably were going to release all that stuff anyways but. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. the excitement level goes up for, for these remixes, especially yeah. on the red. I, you know, I think they're, yeah. they're, they're going to be sitting on a gold mine. Yeah, I got to say, I, I didn't think I'd be as excited as I've been with this, you know, feeling the Beatlemania 2023 style. I mean, I thought, uh, okay, so they're going to put that mediocre, in my opinion, demo song out. And then they're going to put the red and the blue again. Yeah. What I, I wound up loving the song in the video. And uh, now I'm very excited about, especially the, like you said on the red, mostly the new versions that we're going to hear. I had a uh, friend of mine, Rich Zucker, a great drummer, uh, did a gig with him recently. He's like, "What are they releasing the red and blue for?" I mean, he was like, "That's what a disappointment." He was like, genuinely annoyed. He's like, "I'm waiting for I'm waiting for London Town, Back to the Egg. I'm waiting for those archive releases to come <laughs> out, man. What you know, all that kind of stuff." I will no. say, I'm also pleased that the Beatles are upholding their grand tradition of knocking the stones out of uh, public oh. view. <laughs> I got to say, I, I thought another story. It was all about the Rolling Stones oh, for about two weeks. Up, John. And then, I, love, I can't say enough. Sorry, guys. I love Hackney Diamonds. It is fantastic to me. I don't, I, from start to finish, I could do a whole show. I have done shows on it. Okay. I, I'm, I like the Stones, but I'm a Beatles guy. But yeah. I love, for me, I love that thing all the way through. First listen, that doesn't even happen with solo Beatle albums. Right. That at first I listen to it and every track start to finish flows and works for me. I think that happened with Fleetwood Mac's Rumors back yeah. in 77 or something. Nice. But anyway, having said that, there was a guy in, in my store. Alan Rosenberg in my record store, and he, you know, he said he's a Stones fan, and he said to me, "You know, I got to tell you, I love that new Beatles song." So you really, he goes, yeah, oh, they did a great job with it, and the video, oh my god, it's so well done, it's so professional, beautiful, emotional. And then he goes, "But I got to say, I'm an old school guy, and it's not the Beatles, you know. He was one of those. He said it's not the Beatles. <laughs> and he went on and on about, it. I don't care how great it is, yeah. you know, the whole bit." You know, it's not officially a Beatles record. Then he went on and right. said, you know what else? You know what else kills me? The stone, they step on the stone's action. They finally had a chance to get <laughs> a Grammy, he says, and they're not going to get it. It's, everything's going to go to real love. Right. Uh, not real love, but now and then. Now, right. So I said yeah. to him, I said, wait, wait a minute. I tried to be optimistic. I said, how about rec uh, record of the year, maybe song of the year, Beatles if it works out, and album of the year, the stones. Uh, maybe. Mm -hmm. I mean, anyway. yeah, you've all you all know the story about the advanced copy of Hey Jude, right? Hmm. The Stones. Oh, wait, wait, oh Paul played the, Revolution uh, in Hey Jude. He like showed the Stones, the, the yeah. Stones were having yeah. a party oh, yeah. in London. Party. Yeah, yeah. And, complete, and that Paul in the shows up. Needle. He's like, "Yeah, throw this yeah. on," and it was like yeah. Yeah. flattened the place. I tell you what, yeah. I mean, I'm glad that you were able to go to your record store and get it. I went to Record Runner. Or was around the corner from my office to get the new Stones album, and John over there was telling me like, no, none of us got copies of of the physical CD. None of us small uh, record stores got copies. The only place you can get it retail is the Stones have a pop up store in Union Square, 
I was like, really? He goes, yeah. And they've got all like a thousand different editions of it. There's like, there's a physical CD. It's like, it's like one for every baseball team. Yes. They really, <laughs> yeah. Universal really, right. really screwed up on this one. And I was lamenting the fact that I couldn't just, you know, I work in the West Village. I thought, I'll just go after work one day to one of those thousands of record stores and pick up the New Stones album. And all those stores are gone. Yeah. Disco-rama, Bleaker Bobs, Rebel Rebel, they're all gone. Generation's so, still there, right? Is it? Where is that? It's called Thompson, I think. Thompson Street. There and there's a place. There is a there is a place on on Bleecker, as well. I for, I forget what it's called, but it was it was really hard. I I I didn't for some reason the Stones album I wanted to like walk into a store and buy. Yeah, well, me see, too. That's why they're not there anymore. anymore. I made a rant video about it. I do rant yeah. videos too. Oh really? <laughs> I don't do I don't do rant videos, Joe. I just go on other people's shows and rant. Yeah, and, yeah. I couldn't get and then and then and then I go. And then I leave. <laughs> Everybody had the stores I went to had the vinyl, but I wanted the CD. And yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to buy this yeah. without having heard it first. I might not like yeah. Who knew I was going to love it? It is, it, is in my, it is already one of my top 10 albums of all time by anybody. I, I'm wow. glad to hear that. I'm, I, now I'm even looking forward to it even more. With very little to do with the fact that Paul's on it. Some people say, oh, because Paul's right. playing bass on a track. That's why. I had no, That's just a, a cherry on the cake. How many tracks so, have Charlie Watts on them? Two. Okay, and then Steve, and then the rest of it, Steve Jordan. Yeah, one one has Bill Wyman on it as Bill well. Bill Wyman, yeah, yeah. Elton John's on too. Nice. Evie Wonder's on there. Evie Wonder, yeah, with Lady Gaga. Yeah, I love that. Interesting. I do believe well, that uh, the the release of Now and Then was delayed. This again, this is just my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to to let that go out. Wait a couple of weeks, then put out the Beatles. I think so. Too. That makes sense. Well, so. well, how All about right. we uh, wind it wind it up now? Uh, uh, and Kit, usually you take care of if, you, if you're feeling up to it. <laughs> we have a tooth, a little toothache. Yeah, uh, tooth extraction. Uh, yeah, yeah. If you want to talk about uh, where to find us and so forth, of course. Uh, well, first. Us. Well, of course. Well, first of all, we had a wonderful crowd tonight uh, for mm -hmm. our live yes. show. So thank, thank you, you everybody. All. Yes. So, uh, so Joe, uh, John, you are a good luck charm. We had a great turnout tonight. So thank you. <laughs> Don't forget me telling for everybody all my live streams. Tune in. Right. Yes, absolutely. Not bad for a mystery guest, right? Yep. So there you yeah. go. There you go. The mystery guest was was our our uh, our good luck charm tonight. So thank you all sure. for tuning in. Uh, good luck, so. John. Uh, those of you who are new tonight, uh, if you like what you heard, uh, you can find us, of course, on this channel. If you like what you heard tonight, please subscribe and uh, you'll know about all our upcoming episodes. Uh, and uh, you can also uh, find us on, uh, if you like to hear just the audio version, we're on um, virtually any streaming platform you can think of. Uh, you can find us on our website at talkmoretalk.com. You can follow us on Twitter at uh, Talk More Talk One, the number one. Um, and uh, you can also contact us at talkmoresolotalk at gmail.com and uh, let us know what you think. Uh, we always uh, uh, like feedback. And if you have ideas of what you'd like to see on future shows, 
um, please let us know. And uh, your one of your ideas may just show up on a future episode. And uh, of course, follow us on Facebook as well. And uh, and of course, follow us there you, or hit the like button, actually, and you will be notified of future episodes. As always, we couldn't do this without you. Um, as far as what's coming up, my other show, um, Toppermost of the Poppermost, the latest episode just dropped where we look at the UK charts in October 1963, where the Beatles have uh, pretty much taken over the charts in uh, in the UK and uh, coming up will be our look at the US charts. So uh, so that's that. Tomorrow I will be on the Tuesday Night Record Club uh, at Monmouth University, of course, on Zoom, where our uh, your friend of mine, Ken Womack, and I will be looking at Fleetwood Mac's 1975 album. Of course, the one that Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks first joined the group. It's an incredible album. Self-titled. Self-titled, indeed. And, uh, you know, so many... Uh, classics are from that album it's completely free to attend you just need to register and uh, so i will have uh the link i think it may already be up on our facebook page so uh, all you have to do is go over there and register as i said it's free it's tomorrow uh november 7th at uh 7 30 p.m eastern um also uh my class uh is going to start uh like pretty much exactly a month from, yeah, exactly a month from tomorrow, uh, December 7th, uh, 7th and 14th, I'll be teaching about the British invasion, uh, 1963 to 67. That's uh, So this is part two of my series. And yeah, the Beatles, I think, are going to turn up. I think that's a pretty safe, uh, safe bet there. And uh, so you can register for that. Um, I think the link is on our Talk More Talk page as well. If it's kind of buried, I'll, I'll put it up there again. So just a month left to register. So do that. And uh, if any of you are going to be at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame um, on Thursday, uh, November 14th, I am going to be there because Ken Womack is going to be doing a presentation there um, at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame on his brand new book. I don't think I need to tell you any of you what it's on, Mel Evans. <laughs> Ken, I need a copy. I need a copy. That's yep. Great. So, yep. I'll, oh, I'll talk to you about that later. Oh, um, and I start reading. Yeah, talk to me about that later too. Yes, Ken, exactly. If, 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 right. if, uh, if you know what I mean. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, so he is going to be there uh, at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame next uh, November seventeenth. Excuse me, November seventeenth, next Friday. Uh, where he'll be talking about um, the uh, his book, and he'll be joined by Mel's two children. Um, yes. Now, now all grown, obviously. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so he'll be there um, from seven to nine p.m. Uh, at uh, there, and so I'm going to be there, and I uh, hope to see you. You can register for tickets, which are free, although that does not, you know, the museum will be closed, so you don't get to admission to the museum. Um, so just go to uh, rockhall.com and you can find out information on getting tickets if you're so inclined. So Rome Loves Dan says, buy the book, Mayo. You don't understand. I got to have it ready. So I have it ready <laughs> for yeah. an, an appearance here. Let's just say uh, <laughs> a comedian. you're, you're going to hear a lot more about the book on this show in the very near future. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's it. Well, how are you okay, supposed yeah. to buy something that isn't out yet, by the way? Right. Oh, yeah. Just, just so saying. That's what I mean. Uh, you know, so, <laughs> so anyway, um, and I got nothing. No, I got on my channel, I mean, Mr. Mayo on YouTube. 
I'm kind of now invented out in a way right now. I'm not ready for the red <laughs> and the blue, the next thing. But there's lots of videos about now and then, all kinds of stuff, discussions and show and tell and all this kind of stuff. And just check out my channel, please. And that I'm going to brush right through. Okay, Tom, how about you? What's going on? Well, thank you, Joe. Oh, how Fleetwood, Fleetwood Mac's history would have been different if Bob Welch never left the band. Um, but sure. anyways, that being said, um, uh, for two legs, yes, uh, we've been, uh, our I subscribers have, have really been uh, jumping lately. So thank you for all the new subscribers for coming on and, and, and checking us out. So check us out on Two Legs, a Paul McCartney podcast on YouTube. Um, welcome to all the newcomers. Um, last, you know, obviously this past Saturday, we're talking, we talked about what we're talking about now, <laughs> now and then, what everybody's been talking about. Um, uh, this week, well, we're helping to do a, a show on the um, on Paul's recent collaborations. Obviously, we, we got the Stones, we got Ringo, we got Dolly, and we got uh, Jimmy Buffett. So we'll be doing a show on on um, all those tracks and reviewing those. And we hope to be doing uh, part two of our look at uh, the relationship between um, uh, Paul and George uh, after the Beatles. So so be on the lookout for that. Um, two weeks ago, my cousin David, or my original co-host, stepped in, and uh, David and Andy did a show on electric arguments, and that's been doing really well. So check that out as well. So again, thank you, everybody. Appreciate uh, you guys checking us out. And also check in Talk More Talk Out as, as well. Like Kit said, we can't do the show without you guys. You guys really, uh, you know, get us. Uh, I mean, even though we're really excited to talk about these shows, all your guys' enthusiasm, it, that's infectious and it gets to us. And we like, uh, you know, that really, you know, pumps us up even more to do these shows. So thank you to uh, all of you out there for watching. Okay. Uh, John, do you have anything uh, you'd like to talk about or plug or promote? Oh, come on. Um, no, that's so easy. <laughs> so easy. I'm a therapist now. I'm uh lurking in the in the shadows of music and social media, so I pop in from time to time. Oh, but you know, but uh, so and I, I, I perform here and there occasionally. Um, but yeah, nothing to promote. But all my, my YouTube channel is still up with. All my stuff from the past, johnmontagna.com. You can still look at things. Um, this is kind of, I'm in the phase now where I just pop on to other people's podcasts and rant and then and split. Okay. Well, I'll you. put Thanks. your channel in the description. I appreciate that, Kit. Sure. Thank you. You're okay, Ken. <laughs> of course. Let us know what you're up to. You're a busy man, as always. Well, uh, let's see. The, the last episode of Things We Said Today was our 400th episode. And to celebrate, uh, along with my regulars, Alan Kozin and Darren DeVivo, we brought Steve Marinucci back. Steve and I started the show back in 2012 when it was strictly a news show. And then a few years later, we expanded it to be all-encompassing Beatles, group solo, everything really. Um, and Al Sussman as well, who was with the show for three, four years. So it was the five of us talking about the history of the show uh discussing a few of our favorite episodes um right as well as talking about now and then and the red and the blue collections even though um only darren and i had heard now and then at that point but still just what our expectations are our feelings about the last Beatles song all the news about that and the red and the blue collections and also how we feel about the current popularity of the beatles worldwide and where we 
feel how popular they are in this day and age? And how do you gauge popularity in this in this day and age? It used to be I would look at the billboard charts and that would be how I would judge everything. Nowadays, you got so many ways of spreading the word about the Beatles through podcasts, through still radio shows like my show, Every Little Thing. Um, streaming is so big, Spotify and YouTube and all that. How do you know how popular the Beatles are in this day and age? We all talk about that. Are they in the news a lot? They certainly are with now and then. <laughs> <laughs> it's mind-blowing how many articles there are about that. And I, like I said earlier, I can't believe all the people covering the song who are putting up videos right. on YouTube. And uh, yeah, I think it's fantastic. Oh, yeah. If, if you don't if you don't mind me interrupting real quick, I, I really love the fact that a couple of you brought up the fact the, the magical mystery tour episode because that's the first episode that that I that I watched or or listened to I should yeah. say and that that's the episode that got me hooked on the show and it was really cool hearing you guys you know just talk about that yeah, I wish that's the one with you and Steve you know I don't yeah. remember it yeah. being it stands out my mind being this, this <laughs> yeah. such a hot debate between the two of us that we were at each other's throats yeah. I remember where I was when I was listening exaggerated you should go back and listen to it <laughs> yeah, I will <laughs> speaking, just speaking of covers of now and then yeah. there is a youtuber by the name of dreamer jazz 352 and he did a cover of now and then where he plays it and makes it sound like early Beatles. Yes, I heard that. Four Beatles, yeah. 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 Like and he and he yeah. films himself yeah. like like they're on the Ed Sullivan yeah. show. Oh yeah, it's fun. Really, really interesting. Mm -hmm. yeah. What's the name again? Dreamer Dreamer Jazz. What was it? My my dad sent this to me. Um uh Dreamer Jazz 352. Yeah, Dreamer Dreamer Jazz 352. I'll check that out. Yeah. One, one, of, very, our, yeah. Um, one of our listeners, Tim Ottaway, mm -hmm. really great version of uh, mm. Now and Then. Yes. Yes, yes he did. Mm. Great yeah. version. Just saw that. Yeah. Got a super voice, too. Beautiful he voice. Did fantastic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I just want to also add that um, when I bought Now and Then at my local store here, it was a big thrill for me. My wife and I were together buying the record. And there was a married couple that came in with their daughter who must have been like eight or nine years old. And she walked up to the register and she said, I want the new Beatles song. All right. <laughs> and it's so nice. to hear that because that's what it's all about. It's not just about the first generation fans, right. Beatles. Wow. Many decades of fans, new fans discovering them. And if now and then is what it takes, all the more power. Sure. To you. Man, you couldn't script that any better. Their, their legacy awesome. just continues. Um, by the way, on my, my website, KenMichaelsRadio.com, I have Beatles trivia every single week. And um, the newest prizes are the Jude Kessler books on John Lennon, Shades of Life, Part 1. And also, she, uh, she Loves You, just a PDF of that one. But that was also just made into an audio book as mm -hmm. well. And the trivia question is related to Now and Then. So check it out kenmichaelsradio.com the beatles trivia and games page always check out my youtube channel ken michaels radio there haven't been new interviews in the last few weeks but there will be at some point pretty soon there's so many there there's like 120 <laughs> or so it's a lot for you to check out but uh, if you can please subscribe to that things we said today and of course 
Talk More Talk right here. Well, I got to say, folks, this has been a great show. Thank you all for watching and for everybody here that's on the screen that's been here. John, thank you yeah, yeah. for joining us for this. Thank very you interesting. for having me. Appreciate it. And on behalf of everybody here, this is Joe Mayo, a.k.a. Mean Mr. Mayo, saying I, I like that we're doing a lot better here. I feel like we're getting more views, and I know it's true. It's all because of you. <laughs> oh, I saw what you did there, Joe. Very yes. nice. <laughs> yes, Cheers, folks. Good night. Take good care, everybody. What? <laughs>